Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Coincierge Club, Mobile Private Key Wallet, and Point of Sale Solution. Also brought to us by Cryptocurrent Conference, happening in, in New Orleans, March 14th and 15th. It's the first crypto and blockchain conference in New Orleans for 2019. Get your tickets today at www.crypto-currentconf.co. All right, so let's jump into it. Been a little while since I did an episode uh, with the holidays, jumping from Christmas to New Year's. Only did one episode in between there. I want to jump in. Had a huge day yesterday with the 10th anniversary of the Genesis block of Bitcoin being mined. So wanted to take today and really just jump in to what is the history of Bitcoin. Many people have heard of Bitcoin, and most people don't really know what it is, and many that do know what it is really don't know the history of Bitcoin. So I put together a little timeline, gonna kind of go through some of the history of Bitcoin. To understand where we're going with Bitcoin, you gotta understand where we've been. What's happened over the last 10 years and where are we headed going forward? And, and I'll kind of give a little bit of insight at the end as to where I think you know we're headed with crypto, what the future lies, merely my opinion, definitely no investment advice, but really what have we seen uh, and really, you know, dispel some myths that you may think about 2018. 2018 can be viewed as it was a horrible year for Bitcoin, but was it really? And we're going to look at that. So, um, you know, starting out, you know, the first block that was mined had the code, had, had this phrase, you know, embedded in the code. It's the Times 03 January 2009. It's referencing a, an article in the Times newspaper with the headline, Chancellor on Brink of Second Bailout for Banks. Now, the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy in fall 2008 had been the tipping point uh, for most of the economic turmoil that happened, global recession, and then the controversial too-big-to-fail uh, idea for a lot of state intervention, um, you know, really started, you know, not just in the U.S., but globally. So Bitcoin was created, and January 3rd marks 10 years since the creation of the very first block Bitcoin is, is known as the Genesis block. The first block of the blockchain is unique. It contains no reference to any previous blocks, right? It's the Genesis block. It's always hard-coded into the network software, and it establishes all the necessary variables required to create the ensuing blockchain. You know, Satoshi Nakamoto, who is, you know, was um, an alias, not many, you know, still nobody knows who, who has, you know, who he really is. And I can do a whole episode just on all the different people that, that have been thought to have been Satoshi Nakamoto over the years. Um, but basically, many people feel that, it, that the message put in the Genesis block was to show why a digital currency was created, why the blockchain and Bitcoin were created, what problems it actually solves. Because anytime you're looking at a new technology, You've got to ask yourself, does this really solve a problem? And is this a solution that people need? And I think when you really understand what Bitcoin and blockchain is, you will say that. Um, so Bitcoin was first introduced as an open source software, um, as I mentioned before, an anonymous programmer, or it could be even be a group of programmers, we don't really know, under the alias Satoshi Nakamoto in 2009. A lot of rumors about the real identity. Um, you know, For a lot of people, the main advantage of Bitcoin is its independence from world governments banks and corporations as well. Um, not one authority can interfere into Bitcoin transactions, impose transaction fees, or take people's money away. You know, more of the Bitcoin movement is extremely transparent. When you think about it, every single transaction is being stored in a massive distributed public ledger called the blockchain. 
you know, in early days, many, many people thought blockchain was, you know, was, was privacy, but it's not, it is, it, it is public, but it is anonymous. So you can see transactions with wallet addresses, um, but you cannot see who those wallet addresses are for. Um, but you know, there's been times where crimes have been, you know, traced back to certain Bitcoin addresses. Um, and so I want to kind of walk you through just the history, some key dates. So we talked about January 3rd, 2009, which at, at a recording time that, that was yesterday, uh, you know, 2019, 10 years later, where has Bitcoin been and what's happened? So the first ever Bitcoin transaction after Genesis block took place on January 12th, 2009. Uh, it was between Satoshi Nakamoto and the late Hal Finney. Hal Finney was an early contributor to the project. Nakamoto sent Finney 10 Bitcoin as a test while the computer scientist, uh, you know, was also starting to mine blocks himself. So Finney was getting involved. And that happened October 5th, 2009. That's the first time that a value was put on Bitcoin. The new Liberty Standard set the first ever Bitcoin exchange rate against the dollar. At the time, $1 equaled 2,300.03 Bitcoin. Nice, right? Huge, 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 huge uh, upside since then. All right, so what's happened since then? May 22nd, 2010. So a little over a year and a few months later, the famous Bitcoin pizza uh, saw two pizzas were bought for 10,000 Bitcoin uh, by Laszlo Hang, can't even say his last name, Hanyix. Uh, the programmer offered users, and it was a, on a bitcointalk.org forum, the BTC in exchange for two pizzas. Um, a teenager named Jeremy Sturdivant, nicknamed Jerkos, accepted the Bitcoin and sent Hanyex two pizzas from Papa John's. That was the actual first transaction of Bitcoin being used to buy something. Uh, February 9th, 2011, Bitcoin reached parity with the U.S. dollar at a one-to-one -one ratio. So Bitcoin had, you know, one Bitcoin was one dollar. The milestone was also going to begin a tumultuous period for Bit Bitcoin. I think that's when a lot of people, a lot of the early adopters started to look at what was going on. Many people were holding a lot, and to them, a dollar going up as the price started to rise just looked like a good spot to maybe sell and you saw a lot of volatility ensue since then um, so in the space of just four months after hitting a dollar bitcoin skyrocketed to 31 dollars and 91 cents right so uh let's see what else we got here so four days later uh, on june 12th 2011 bitcoin plummeted in value to ten dollars and 25 cents so after hitting 31.91 uh, plummeted to $10.25 in the first major correction experience by Bitcoin community. It was also um, kind of exacerbated by the first major security breach of Mt. Gox. That was June 19th, 2011. Seven days later, after you know the plummet to $10.25, then you had the first Mt. Gox breach, June 19th, 2011. Um, and you look at what's going on after that. November 28, 2012 was the first halving of Bitcoin rewards occurred when the block reward reduced from 50 to 25 Bitcoin after the 210,000 block was mined. So what happened was the first Genesis block was 50 Bitcoin per block. And that went on until November 28, 2012, where it halved the reward. The price of Bitcoin continued to climb into 2013. And it went past the $200 mark for the first time ever on April 9th, 2013. Uh, so you typically see when there is a halving, 
when the the BTC reward drops for mining, you will typically, you know, people expect an increase in price, which has happened each time so far. Uh, so just ahead of the fifth anniversary of the Bitcoin white paper, um, the infamous dark website Silk Road was shut down with 26,000 Bitcoin being seized. The price of Bitcoin dropped from $139 to $109 in a few short hours. Um, so that happened next. By November 2013, the value of a single Bitcoin reached parity with an ounce of gold over $1,000. It was short-lived. The price tanked again following this month and then following ah, the following month and hit as low as $600 in that next dip, right? So let's jump up to February 2014. You had rumors began circulating that Mt. Gox had been hacked and they exchanged suspended trading that month after a series of thefts by the end of February. Mt. Gox CEO Mark Carpellis had resigned from his position on the board of the Bitcoin Foundation amid controversy at the exchange. Now, Mark Carpellis was also in the news this week as he is in court today, you know, criminal proceedings from everything that happened at Mt. Gox, you know, is still playing out today. Here we are. You know, that was actually, you know, still in December, but December 2018, still dealing with the fallout from Mt. Gox. A lot of the assets that were still held by Mt. Gox had been seized. And we saw over the last year, uh, one of the Mt. Gox attorneys in the bankruptcy proceedings had liquidated some of those assets already. So around 850,000 Bitcoin had been lost for Mt. Gox. And Carpellas blamed technical issues with the Bitcoin protocol. However, Bitcoin Foundation's Gavin Anderson refuted these claims at the time, pointing to the problems of Mt. Gox wallet software. Now, to back up a little bit, uh, when Satoshi Nakamoto kind of withdrew from the scene and, and quit being active on the Bitcoin network, um, Gavin Andre Anderson was, was appointed as kind of the head of um, Bitcoin org and to kind of keep that, that face going. But even Anderson kind of withdrew slowly to give more power back to the community. So December 11th, 2014 was a big day. Microsoft began accepting Bitcoin payments, which was marking a big milestone for Bitcoin. Um, and just, you know, really just, you know, 10 months after that, Bitcoin appeared on the front page of the economist is an, is a news magazine. And that was October 31st, 2015, uh, Ju July 9th, 2016, the second halving of Bitcoin mining rewards took place with the BTC reward dropping to 12.5 for every block mine. Um, so then. Uh, you know, kind of quiet from, from through the end of 2016. And we, many people here may have started to hear a lot more about it come the dawn of 2017. Because that was the start of what would be the biggest bull run in Bitcoin history. It breached a thousand mark again. And that was the first time in three years. Remember, it happened three years prior. I mentioned that earlier. Bitcoin hit the mark again, January 2nd, 2017. Uh, that's kind of around the time I was just starting to get back, get into this. Uh, June 11th, Bitcoin crossed the $3,000 mark. Uh, now you saw some volatility from the $1,000 to $3,000 mark, some ups and downs. Uh, August 1st, 2017, a uh, small part of the Bitcoin community, uh, you know, kind of there was some controversy with proposed changes to the protocol, which was SegWit and, you know, Roger Ver, who advocated for an increase in the block size, uh, ended in a hard fork from the original block, Bitcoin blockchain that gave birth to Bitcoin Cash. Now, you know, Bitcoin Cash also just went through another uh, fork, as you could call it, 
um, where, you know, basically it went from Bitcoin and, if, and there was a fork and it created Bitcoin Cash as well. And then Bitcoin Cash had a fork. So it was a fork of a fork. And now you're dealing with the Bitcoin Cash. Uh, one of them was called Bitcoin Cash ABC and another one was Bitcoin SV, uh, Satoshi Vision. Uh, it looks like Bitcoin Cash ABC is the one that, that so far has won out. That's the one that Roger Ver stuck with. And then Craig Wright, uh, you know, went on with Bitcoin SV. Still a lot of controversy and, uh, you know, a lot of unknowns about Bitcoin SV, whether or not it's even, uh, you know, the protocol is even worth anyone even holding. Uh, it's very, you know, it, it hasn't been accepted by many exchanges yet. So, uh, all right, back to 2017. So September 2nd, 2017, Bitcoin surpassed the $5,000 mark. So a couple of weeks of volatility, you know, followed after that, and the price of Bitcoin dropped back down to three thousand before rebounding. And there were some things in the news that happened that kind of drove a lot of that. You know, some of it was price. You know, there were some traders that were cashing out uh, what they believed to be a peak, and you know, they were right if they're doing short-term uh, trend trading. Uh, but also, China had announced they banned ICOs and cryptocurrency exchanges from operating in the country. You also had Jamie Dimon, who's a CEO of Chase kind of speak out as calling Bitcoin a fraud. I'm just throwing some foot out in the market. So then again, Bitcoin surpassed $10,000 in value November 29th. So not that much, you know, not, not too far after crossing the 5,000 mark. We saw that March up to 10,000 um, once it recovered from that dip and then breached 11,000 mark a few hours later. So it hit 10,000 on November 29th. And then just a few hours later, hit 11,000. Uh, no signs of stopping. Bitcoin continued to skyrocket. It breached the $20,000 mark, uh, marking a historic high for the cryptocurrency. And then the price of Bitcoin slumped back down to 13000 mark by December 31st, 2017. And what we saw after that was kind of a play up and down. We saw Bitcoin go down, you know, go back up to 16000 and back down. And then we saw the continuous volatility continue, uh, you know, more FUD, a lot of things happening in the market. A lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt happening throughout 2018, which drove the price to where we're sitting at right now, looking at right under the $4,000 mark, right? So 2018, you know, say it started, you know, if you mark the price December 31st, 2017, even from 13000 down to um, 3900 that's a huge decline. And many people would say that that's a disaster. It's terrible. And really, there, there's some good and some bad in everything that's happened over the last year. Uh, because 2017 was the bull run, the year of the ICOs. Many people were participating. I personally participated in, in, in some ICOs, uh, which, you know, in 2018, let's face it, ICOs were, were not very popular because of the bear market. But then on top of that, a lot of tough regulations, myself living in, in the United States, uh, there was a lot of ICOs that weren't even open to U.S. citizens for the simple fact they didn't want to deal with the uh, SEC and some of the supposed regulation that was happening or the crackdown, I should say, was happening against ICOs. But what has happened is a lot of those companies that raised capital over last year, a lot of infrastructure started to go into place. Blockchains being built, actual projects coming out, um, working products, um, use cases in some, in some cases. Now, we haven't, we're, we're nowhere near mainstream adoption yet. And there's some things that have to happen for us to hit mainstream adoption. But a lot of infrastructure was put in throughout 2018. So 2018 from a market price standard uh, can be considered just not great, not good at all. But 
what can what you can look at is all of the infrastructure that happened. Now, not only that, there's a lot of people that got into crypto in say November last November 2017, December 2017, or even January, February 2018, uh, with the intention of it being a get rich quick scheme, right? And it's not. It's not, but many people got into it that way. And a lot of those people have quickly exited with their tail between their legs because to them, they lost a lot of money and cashed out, right? But when you understand what Bitcoin, the history of Bitcoin is, and, and when I talk about Bitcoin too, you know, every other cryptocurrency, you know, needs to pay homage to Bitcoin because there's, you know, thousands of cryptocurrencies out there right now. And to be honest with you, there's only a handful, if that, that are going to really hit mainstream adoption, some real use case. And a lot of them are going to die. And, and you can see that through history. If you look back at the top market cap coins three years ago uh, on coin market cap and compare that to today, there's some of those that uh, are basically dead projects now. And three years ago, they were at the top of, you know, not the very top, but they were towards the top of the market cap. So um, a lot of things have to happen for mainstream adoption. When you look forward into 2019, right, we've got to see um, price volatility. It, it, there needs to be some stabilization in there, uh, but I, quite honestly, uh, you've got to embrace the volatility. The volatility has shaken out a lot of bad players, as I mentioned earlier, because I mentioned a lot of people that came in for the get rich quick from an investment standpoint, but there's also a lot of bad players that created uh, crypto companies that weren't really on the up and up, and we've seen a lot of those wash out over time, and the ones that had you know, the real infrastructure, real projects working, those are the ones that are going to thrive. 2017 was the bull run of speculation. Speculation drove it. There was no fundamentals. There was no technicals. It was just pure hype and speculation that drove that. The next bull run we're going to see whenever or wherever that's going to happen is going to be based more on the actual fundamentals of the projects, technicals, um, potential for adoption. And, and as I mentioned before, does it solve a real world problem? Because it doesn't solve a real world problem, then why, why create it? Right. If it, if it's, um, if you create a cryptocurrency just to have a cryptocurrency and it doesn't solve any problem, then what are you really doing, right? So you want to look at price volatility improving, right? They're working, you know, we're, we're starting to see that. Um, you, you're going to see a lot of them stabilize. And may not go up much from here, even though we may see Bitcoin as the, the halving happens again in the near future. And, and as we see more demand for Bitcoin, you're going to see that price maybe go up. But a lot of the other cryptos may not. Um, you may not see a lot of rapid growth from those. Um, slow transaction times is another thing we've got to see. Uh, change Lightning Network is solving a lot of that, uh, but we're, we're a ways off from main, you know, mainstream use of the Lightning Network, but that could also solve a big problem when we look at transaction time. Um, and then transaction fees. We've seen a lot of fees come down. But when you think about it, uh, you know, Bitcoin itself may not be designed and maybe the Lightning Network will fix this, but it may not be designed for an everyday payment, micropayment system. Uh, it can be used as that, but, you know, speed and just fees. But when you look at and you see um, organizations and companies move millions of dollars on the blockchain for just a mere few dollars, five, 10, 15, 20 dollars to move millions. Uh, you know, think about that from a financial institution. If you'd be using a bank or if you'd be using a money transfer system. How much more would that transfer cost? I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars it would cost to move that at the minimum. And we've got to see more retailers start to accept crypto. We've got to see more use cases in 2019 where we can go in and we can pay with crypto, right? You want to be a Bitcoin or a crypto advocate when you're walking, when you're paying in a place, ask them if they accept crypto. Do you accept Bitcoin? Do you accept crypto? And find out 
Um, because the more people that ask that, you're going to have retailers realize that they need to look for that option. The problem is if nobody's talking about it to them in the store, when someone talks to them, you know, an advocate says you need to accept crypto in your business, they're going to say, I don't really have any demand for that, right? So we've got to make sure we're talking about that. Uh, make sure consumers are, off, you know, talking about using crypto. I met some people at crypto conferences recently over the last year that, that you know, have traveled, you know, the country or the world, say, you know, utilizing cryptocurrency. And every time they walk in that place, they ask, hey, do you accept Bitcoin? Do you accept crypto? Uh, just to find out. So that's what needs to happen in 2019. So we can see Bitcoin has hit, you know, some major milestones over the last 10 years, but there's still a road to go for mainstream adoption. You could say Bitcoin is, is a 10-year-old child right now, about to hit the teens. We're going to see what's going to happen. Uh, hopefully a growth spurt again is coming uh, in terms of price. But as far as infrastructure being put in, um, the Bitcoin network has never, you know, has never been so secure, has never been uh, utilized as much as it is now. So we, we just want to make sure that, that, you know, we are all doing our part. And you're going to see this podcast focus on education over the next few years, right? Uh, education uh, over the next few episodes, uh, the next year or, or a few years is going to be continue to be my focus because we've got to educate more people on what Bitcoin is, what crypto is, what blockchain is, why it matters, and really what you can do to play your part to, to learn more about it. Uh, so that's really it for episode today. Next few episodes, we're going to focus some more back on interviews. Uh, but really wanted to give some history of Bitcoin since we just passed the 10th anniversary of the Bitcoin Genesis block. So I want to thank everybody for listening in and we will catch you on the next episode.